hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. Then, in the midst of all of this, seemingly out of nowhere, he was delivered, rescued from certain death, and granted unconditional liberty through an intervention at risk of their own lives by Priscilla and Aquila, who were ready to die in Paul's place. And it's a selfless, sacrificial act he'd write about later when he said, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in the ministry of Jesus. They risked their necks to save my life. And not I alone, but all the Gentile congregations, they're grateful to them. I want to talk about the result of that today in a message we're calling The Voice. Okay, now we for sure have to cut it all out. Jeez. Okay, are you ready? I am ready. All right. I'm just going to keep my eye on that recording to make sure. I don't yeah, think I'm like peeking. The thing, Check. No, don't. Just keep your mouth in front of the mic. It just, okay. It'll be fine. Okay. Although it does go to sleep after a while, and that always makes me nervous. Like, I don't know why this machine even goes to sleep. It should go to sleep at the end of the day. It shouldn't go to sleep in the middle of the podcast, because what if it dumps, and now i got to recreate this whole podcast? Has that ever happened before? Yes. <laughs> anyway. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor uh, for Life Church, and you're joining us for a podcast where we uh, take a closer look and a deeper conversation at the most recent sermon in the current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. Today, uh, my very special guest is Pastor Jonathan Pierce. Say hi, Jonathan. Hey, hey. So if you ever get in touch with Jonathan, you can just call him John, Johnny. He goes by just about anything. Uh, none of those names, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is for sure to be a fun uh, fun. Yeah. Podcast. It's super funny. I love that. <laughs> anyway, I'm really glad that you're here. I know a lot of people know your face for sure because it's always up there smiling at us. Uh, I mean, at least when we're getting together in public yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on the stage as the creative pastors, worship leader, all the great titles. But for those people that don't know you personally, maybe, I don't know, just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I've got an amazing wife. I've got uh, two kids, five and four. They are loving school, so that's fun. Um, and uh, my son started T-ball on Saturday. That's awesome. That was great. And my daughter started dance on Saturday. And um, my uh, my son is a blast to be around. And my daughter is a literally like the picture of joy. Mm. Uh, she was always happy. And so um, for Jenny and I, my wife, we, that's, you know, and that's our life. They're our focus and uh, we love doing it. That's fantastic. So that's like a little bit picture into my life yeah, off I the platform. So you're, you're born and raised in Green Bay? Uh, uh, born in Wichita, Kansas. Then I moved to Oregon. Then I moved to Wisconsin for a few years, um, became a true Packer fan. Then I moved out to Utah, became a jazz fan, but mm. then they stopped being good. Yeah. Um, Carl, Carl Malone. Malone. Yeah. And then uh, Stockton to Malone. Those were the days. And then uh, to Missouri, then back to Green Bay then to Australia, then to Green Bay, then to Texas, then to California. And then now I will be in Green Bay for probably the majority of my life. That's awesome. The rest of my life. You traveled a lot because your dad was a pastor? Yes. That's fantastic. Um, my dad was a pastor. Uh, pastor Gary, as most people know him as, he uh, is still a pastor to this day and uh, changes my life on the regular. And he's absolutely amazing. That's awesome. But you went to Green Bay Preble. I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Graduated. Yes. And then you went to school in Australia. <laughs> As most people do when they go to yep. school. <laughs> most people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you went to school in Australia. I did. At mm -hmm. the place, uh, Hillsong. I did go to Hillsong. Yep. Uh, spent two and a half years there. Loved it. Um, uh, learned a lot of really important things about character and who I am today is, uh, as a pastor is made up primarily from everything that I learned from there. And then also my father. Gotcha. So growing up as a pastor's kid, you know, faith has always been part of the conversation in yep. your development. Yeah. Have you always known Jesus? Um, I've always known church. Mm. Uh, I would say I've known Jesus since college. Gotcha. Um, that was a big shift as it is for, I think a lot of people who are raised in the church, like you, you get to that like 2021 20, thing and not the year, but the age. Yeah. And, uh, you start to realize, uh, you know, who Jesus is. And I think you either realize who 
Jesus is, you realize who like alcohol is and then things get a little wild. Sure. So, yeah. um, which, and then you, some people come right back around to it anyway. So yeah. I think I can say that on this, right? I think, <laughs> yep. I think there's more to it than just alcohol, yeah. right? So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the antithesis of Jesus isn't is alcohol. alcohol. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause I, no, never mind. We're going to, yeah, right. we're going to, but it was something that's that probably a, true for a lot of folks. Oh right? yeah, like a, for a, sure. A way of like showing your independence or stepping away from what your parents want or you know, exactly like that's kind of the, disobedience. Yeah. I wasn't thinking necessarily alcohol, but like the idea of, of stepping away and, and doing your own thing. And, and some people, uh, you know, either make a choice to, Hey, I'm going to, you know, foundationally put my life in some things or I'm going to run the other direction. Yeah. And, um, and I think for a lot of people, uh, they take that like 20 to 25 and really plug in for me, that was like realizing, okay, what is Jesus or who is Jesus, excuse me. Um, and what is church and what's the difference? Mm. And uh, a huge key for that though, if like, I'm like really honest is actually not college, but it's actually my wife, um, who has uh, taught me who Jesus is in, um, incredible ways, uh, because our background was different. Uh, she was a little bit more, um, uh, her church background, although we went to the church, same church when we were really little, um, her church background was a little bit more conservative than mine would have been. Yep. Um, uh, and so, uh, coming together, I think we've really balanced each other out and, you know, had some really great conversations. And so truthfully, uh, when I got married was when I really started to realize, okay, this is who Jesus actually is. You know, even though in college I learned that as well and yeah. all that. That's uh, good. That's good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you were able to tell that part of your story. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So, but this isn't the Jonathan Pierce show as much as you'd like it to be. Yeah. It's actually the chew on that show. And so, and so we're going to jump into, I'm just kidding. Jonathan's yeah. not like that at all. So I'm going to. I love your sound effects. Do you, have a little, you should get a little pad. But really the pad's not plugged into anything. It's just sound effects that you make. You can't see me if you're listening, but I'm like pressing my finger like I'm pressing yeah, a sound effect. Table. Yeah. Which also kind of sounds like a fart. So. It does. A little bit. There's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's just jump into what Sean has to say. Awesome. And this festival, it was the the prime sales season for the important guild of silversmiths, whose replicas of the Artemis idol were normally in heavy demand. People needed them to be able to worship in the temple. This year, however, the silversmiths they suffered a slump. It was a remarkable testimony to the success of Paul's mission. Hundreds upon hundreds of visitors refused to buy the idols. Some because as Jesus followers, they were treating this Artemisia simply as an opportunity to hear Paul again, while others were there so that they could meet fellow followers of Jesus. Either way, they would no longer purchase the silver goddesses to take to the temple for their blessing. They no longer needed them to worship. I was at, uh, we had Pocket Church uh, on Sunday. Pocket uh, Church. That's, that's another sound effect. That's not how the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> Although that'd be a funny one. It'd be great. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> anyway, we, at our pocket church, we were talking about this uh, particular soundbite in our conversation. And if you listen, if you're not part of a pocket church and you're a life church person and you're wondering what church could be like in this current season, let me encourage you to find a pocket or start a pocket. There's more information on the website, www.lifechurchgreenbay.com slash pocket dash churches. If you want to do churches. that, or it's easier, just go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Yeah. Scroll down. There's a little pocket churches button. Yeah, for sure. It's a great way to connect. Anyway, we mm -hmm. had a pocket church on Sunday morning and we were talking about this particular topic and we were talking about how a, a current uh, parallel might be is if, is if Christians retook Mardi Gras. Like originally Mardi Gras is this week long of, of festival leading up to the beginning of Lent. Fat Tuesday is the end of Mardi Gras, which is the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, which is yeah. when you'd begin, you know, a 40 days of, you know, giving up something. So pause right there. Uh, maybe it's my ignorance, but I had no idea that Mardi Gras was linked. Yeah. I had no idea. See, you learn something new when you come on the podcast. <laughs> you do. So anyway, so Mardi Gras is this week long of festivity, right? To like indulge right before you have to give up as Jonathan says, alcohol, or maybe you give up. Hey, I like beer. Let's, yep. let's just be clear. Okay. okay? I'm just saying. Let's just, I don't, I don't want to alienate anybody right. on this. That's okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you, so you, you'd indulge in all the things so that you could, you could make it through the 40 days of Lent having given those things up, whether that's alcohol or I don't know, whatever else, beignets, I don't know, something. Oh, beignets. I know. So good. 
the little place in Door County. There is that place oh, in Egg Harbor. Yeah, in Egg really Harbor. Oh, what's it called? Something. Uh, Big it's Easy. Big Easy. Big Easy. Oh, and they also so have good. Uh, uh, ginger root. Yeah. Uh, coffee. Nope. Some kind of root. Yeah. Uh, mm. it's, it's a root. And that you chew on. Yeah. And you can chew on it. Chew it on that. Weight. Mm. That's a different thing. Look at God. Right. Bringing it back. Burp. All right. So anyway, <sighs> back to my point. Yeah, you this didn't is know. Which, longest, right? This is going to be the longest podcast ever. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, so it would be like if Christians retook Mardi Gras, this thing that was happening with Paul and Ephesus with the Artemisian festival, right? So what if Christians retook Mardi Gras and we made it like this Jesus festival and then like the bead people, like the people that make beads, I feel like beads are more than just that one thing that they're known for. I feel like beads just are generally you have beads yep. on when you're at the Mardi Gras because dudes wear beads too. Anyway, let's not get distracted. <laughs> But like you could see where the bead makers would be like, we're not selling any beads this year, right? Crap, stupid Jesus people coming in here. Their bead crops didn't come in. Right, their bead crops. <laughs> anyway. Lots of extra bead crops. Anyway. If you're listening, this is exactly how this podcast is going to go. No, no not, I'm right with you, though. Yeah. I'm right with you. Right? So you could see where the bead makers would be mad. Yep. So that's what happened to these silversmiths, these yep. these icon makers. They're like, yep. what? Jesus, people. I, they're ruining it for everybody. Right. Yeah. And so you could see where there would be this riot then, yep. where, this was, where there was this riot in... Ephesus around Artemisia and like the not selling silver statues and the same thing would happen like people would be mad in New yep, Orleans right? sure. like they would like would problem. stop selling beads or whatever yep. stop selling beer and stop yeah, stop you know. selling beer that's right. the, the bigger one probably. Right, probably so you can see where that would be a thing and people would be really irate and there would be like these factions then like there'd be Jesus people and there'd be like the bead people right they'd be yep. mad at each other yep. and they would get worked up into a frenzy like we talked about at LC downtown last night where mm-hmm. I feel like in our nature, we want to be opposed to something. We feel better Oof. somehow yeah. when we can fight a fight, when we can, you know, have, you know, enmity. But I think that that comes from the fact of like in our emotions and in our, uh, Pastor Becky would know way more about this in Journey to Wholeness, but uh, I feel like that comes a little bit out of our need to be heard. Hmm. You know, our need to have, you know, we talked about this in our pocket about or at our table last night at uh, LC downtown, but our need to be heard just out often outweighs the actual problem at hand is just this need to be heard, which then I think led to a lot of the rioting too. Is it possible that the need to be heard bleeds into the need to be right? And yeah, sometimes oh yeah. we can't stop that flow. Because oh, like, yeah. I love this idea about needing to be heard. And we as people have a responsibility, especially as Jesus people, to try to hear people more than we try to change people. Well, it's really the opposite of what we're supposed to do, right? So like our our want and our nature is to be heard, right? I, I want to be heard, which then absolutely 100% bleeds into wanting to be right. But really, where do we see in the Bible anywhere where Jesus felt the need to be heard? where he was like, Hey, you know, this is what, you know, I, and so I think that having that like sin nature battling that regularly is, I think, uh, not necessarily even in the choices we make, but how we approach conversations, mm. which in our culture right now is everything. Right. Um, and how we approach those conversations, if we can approach them with the heart of, I'm going to, I'm going to listen and love and not necessarily worry about being right. I think that love will overtake. Yeah. I wonder if, I'm sure someone did, but I wonder if you did a count on the number of times that Jesus said something that was provocative or he asked a question that was provocative. There you go. That's so good. Because when you ask it, boom, you're, you are positioning yourself to listen. Yes. And, um, I think that's huge. Even in people who disagree with you, whether it's about, uh, you know, their Jesus journey, about their walk, about faith in general, you know, or about, Politics, right? You know, or race, or, or race, yeah. You know, any number of things, yeah. So again, you know, we've got this world that right now I feel like, okay, maybe wants to be heard, but I feel like the louder voices are the people that want to be right, right? Like I feel like the loudest voices, or the louder the voice, the more right you are. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because you get wrapped up with a good, another group of people who are being loud. Yeah, yeah, and that's problematic. Right? Oh, yeah. And I feel like, and that that's one of the, it's in an already hurting world. 
it makes people hurt more. It makes people feel like I'm just going to turn inside myself. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, you know, back away. I'm going to like isolate. I'm going to, and, and for Jesus people, that's the last thing that, I I mean, as far as I understand it, I didn't go to fancy Hillsong college, but (laughs) as far as I understand it, like our call isn't to like separate ourselves and like hide and like wait for God to come. We're not supposed to like build communes, right. And like build walls and like, we're supposed to be out there loving people and showing people like we say, the life giving message of Jesus, right. The gospel. And you can only do that by being out there. You can't be that by reclusing yourself. Reclusing yourself. Is that really a word? Reclusening. It's reclusening. Yeah. It's not. I don't know what recusing is. That only a judge can mm. you a judge only recuse themselves? Anyway, one way or another, just spending time by yourself or <laughs> withdrawing. Yeah. Withdrawing is the thing. I don't think that we're supposed yeah. to withdraw. No. Uh, we all have heard it for the past, like, well, I've heard it all my life, but like active listening, right? Yeah. As Jesus people, that's like a muscle that we have to get good at right now. Especially like right now, right yeah, now, yeah. because um, we're all going through difficult things, but there are people who are going through much, much worse. And if we can sit across from them, actively listen, I feel like we're actively loving just by listening. Yes. You know, that just sounds fancy, but like, yeah. no, I think that's it's a, a real thing. thing. That's yeah. a thing. I think that there, I think there's a large part of the population that those are, those are, those are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing someone and loving someone, they're the same thing. There's people like, I think of like a, this generation coming up, the people that are like you're, like you had alluded to, the, the people who are 20 and 21 and 25 right 30, now. 32. Yeah. I'm not saying you, I say you alluded yeah. to them. Yep, yeah, I did. <sighs> uh, so <laughs> I, I feel like for that generation, whatever you call this generation, mm-hmm. that's it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the thing, being heard is the same thing as being loved. And so if we could just, we could just turn that on instead of trying to change people by what we say, you know, like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You should do it this way. My way is the right way. You're doing it wrong. Do it my way. Like no one wants to hear that. Yeah. I mean, even think about like situations in our current lives, relationships that we have, how big of a difference and relationships with people that we differ in viewpoints on, how much of a dynamic change would it be to ask the question to them? Hey, I was thinking about. Uh, you know, you, you, you kind of have this opinion around this. Tell me more about that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we're agreeing or justifying or anything, but instead it does open a massive door to be able to go, Hey, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, help me, me to understand. About, like, yeah. Help me understand that. Yeah. And sometimes it's a thing like we, we did a podcast, uh, when, um, early on in COVID, uh, and there was the George Floyd issue and all this. We, so we did a podcast here where we uh, brought some guys in and, and to a, one, and they were all, they were all uh, black dudes. Right. And so to a one, they all said like, no one's asked me how I'm doing. No yep. one's ever asked me what it's yep. like for me right now. Yep. Right. And we have no idea. Like we have mm-hmm. no idea what the lives of someone else is like. We just think our lives, like, because that's the only thing that we've got going on. We think everyone lives our lives. We think everyone had our same opportunities yeah. or our same, you know, struggles or whatever. And like, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. And it's not about bootstraps and everything else. It's about, you know, it's about hearing what people had to, what their life was like. Yeah. And anyway, I just feel like we, like you said, if we could just exercise that muscle, boy, we go a long way to bring in that life giving message to the people around us. Huge, huge. And I think it is exercising a muscle because yeah. I think it's something that we have to get good at. I don't think it's a natural thing. Right. Yeah. Because when we hear something, we're going to want to talk about it. Yeah. Versus just sitting there listening and, and also learning too. Right. Because maybe we're not that far off than what we realize. Yeah, that's good. At that, the audience roared the city's worship cry, great as Artemis of the Ephesians, and they poured into the street. Once they hit the street, they, they instinctively started to run where citizens converged in times of emergency. The theater cut from the hillside of Payan. It was the meeting place of the monthly popular assembly and every adult male in the city faithfully attended and so they knew where to go. And as they ran up the steep street toward the entrance, shouting, great is Artemis of the Ephesians, people dropped what they were doing. They raised their voices and they joined the rush of the crowd, driven by fear, certain that great danger or great decision must be at hand. 
I feel like the current version of the theater on the Hill of Pion or whatever mm-hmm. that Sean just said, I mean, I feel like that's social media. Right? Oh, like we, 100%. We rush to that theater. And for most yeah. of us, it's Facebook. Some of us, it's Twitter. Some of us, I don't know what there is besides Twitter, but. Instagram. Do we, I, mean, I don't think people rush. Is Instagram like that? I don't feel like Instagram is like, does it get combative on Instagram? It feels like cute girl with her sundress and a <laughs> Starbucks. It doesn't feel like that the kids. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people exchange. But I witnessed an exchange, uh, not on Instagram, but on LinkedIn. Really? Around an issue just last week that was like, jeez, it just got so combative. Yeah. So I think it's anywhere where you can have, let's go back to the idea of the voice about the idea that we were talking about. It's anywhere where you can have a voice it's and be heard. It's the voice. It's close. It's this is the voice. Oh, Damn. Yeah. That was my Tom Haverford right. impression. This is the voice. Anyway, Parks and Rec. Um, no, I think it's anywhere where you can be heard. Yeah. Without, mm, I, I'd stop myself because I, that's an opinion. It's anywhere where you can be heard. In my thoughts, it's anywhere where you can be heard without having accountability. Yeah. It's for sure. I mean, there's probably more accountability in the theater on the hill of, <laughs> you know, wherever. Yeah. You know, than there is on social media, right? Because, I mean, or the comment section, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Right? Where you, you know, you, you could even create a fake person. You couldn't be a fake person in the theater of Pina. It's pizza. <laughs> anyway. If you like pina coladas. <laughs> that was such a bad song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's you. That's yep. what they said to yeah. each other. They were both going to cheat on each other. Oh, my God. In that song, right? I didn't realize that was about. Shut up. No. Yeah, they like both take out personal ads. Like they're sick of their relationship, their live in relationship. No way. Yes. And so they are going to cheat on each other. And it turns out they were going to cheat on each other with each other. Talk about accountability. Right. And so the the whole thing comes together. Oh, it's you. Now I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) Anyway, you couldn't disguise yourself at the theater in Ephesus, right? But Mm -hmm. you can definitely do that on Facebook. You can just create your own, right? You can just create a whole new thing just to be a jerk about it. Oh, yeah. But I think you can disguise yourself simply by, hey, I'm just going to put this out there and I could turn off my phone then. Everybody else has to deal with it, but I don't. Yeah. Everybody has to deal with my opinion and my anger, but I don't, you know. Um, there's, and, uh, and anybody who knows me is going to get a, a laugh out of this, but uh, I'm a huge Office fan, and so any conversation, meeting, anything that I do, I try to bring an Office reference in. Right. Um, Although it's been two off, uh, Parks and Rec references. It has. In yep, I was ramping up. I was just yeah. getting everybody ready. Got it. Um, so there's an episode where uh, Ryan sets up a blog for Creed, creed.gov.whatever. And it's actually just a word file uh, where he can just go in and just type whatever he wants. Right. Creed <laughs> thinks he's posting to you, yes. but he's not. He just, he's not at all. Right. Yep. I wonder how much that would actually help us. If we literally just had a document in our phone, yeah. we could just type to no one. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or just like, I mean, the, the healthy way to do that is journaling. Right. Although I'm not a bit of a, I'm not as much of a journaler. Yeah. Um, but I do believe it helps people and it's helped me at times too. Yeah. And where we can just go, okay, I'm just going to be heard for a second to my phone, but by no one else. Yeah. How much like would we hold our tongue? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a, a blurb or a meme or something that says that like so much of what's on social media really used to be what we wrote in a journal, but now we put it out there. Oh yeah. You know? And so, and I feel like that's because we like people sometimes to hear our crud because we want people to feel sorry for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes we're a little bit uh, ambiguous about it. Like, you know, it's like, it's like asking for a, what was it called when you wanted a prayer request, but you didn't want to say an unspoken, an unspoken prayer. <laughs> I have one unspoken and everyone's like, Ooh, I wonder what it is. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So it creates this yeah <laughs> thing. Anyway, we do that too on social media where we'll like, you know, do this like abstract post or, yep. you know, that's, I don't know, passive aggressive or wow. something. And because we want people to feel sorry for us. Mm-hmm. And again, we want to be heard. Yeah. Right. Like I want to say how mean my spouse was to me or how bad my boyfriend was to me or, you know, whatever. And so because we want people to feel sorry for us. Oh, you don't deserve that. You deserve so much more than that. You're better than that. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, we love that. We get that affirmation that is, well, not obviously, but is coming from the wrong, the wrong space. And I think that uh, one of the questions uh, in the discussion guide this week 
uh, and that's not like a, a drop, but it is a drop. If you're not using the discussion guide, you should be. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions in the discussion guide was, uh, how, uh, how often, or have you ever joined in in the crowd without actually realizing what the crowd was? Yeah. You know, and I feel like right now, um, so many of us, not everybody, but so many of us, um, use social media as a, I'm going to join the crowd mm. because I know that if I put something out there, you know, how many of those posts, I'll feel better. You know, if I put it out there, how many of those posts I'm going to, I'm going through my friend list right now and I'm going to delete you if you don't comment on here it comes out of the same thing. I just yeah. want somebody to know that I'm here Yeah. and, um, it's just a, a, not a good way to operate. It's an unhealthy way to operate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's the same thing in regards to this. I can totally see that. No. Yeah. When Paul, who was in the other part of the city, when he heard what they were doing, when he heard what was happening, he was determined to go to the theater to address the crowd. I mean, apart from intervening to rescue his friends and travel companions, he saw this as this huge opportunity to reach the biggest audience of his life. The theater, it held 19,000 and it was filling rapidly. The, uh, the acoustics, they were magnificent, far ahead of their time. Once he stilled the people, which in his mind he felt he could, he determined that he would preach Jesus and throngs of people would be saved. Eventually, Paul, it's funny because I told Jonathan I wanted him to start some of these conversations and he just sits there and stares at me. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm trying to exercise listening oh, and loving. Yeah. That's not what you do when you come on a podcast. <laughs> anyway. So eventually we learned that, that while well, Paul had these fanciful ideas of how he was going to take over the... I'm sorry, that'd be the most boring podcast. Somebody hops on, I'm just going to listen to you. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> We're listening. Yeah. That was like from... Uh, Frazier. Frazier, yeah. That's what he always Hi, said. I'm listening. <laughs> but a podcast would be really weird. Right, that would be weird. Anyway, so I'm going to start a podcast called I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> just, Hey, welcome to my, I'm listening. I'm Jonathan. Go. <laughs> and then just 40 minutes of it's silence where everyone's not go. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> mm, I so understand. Good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sonny would say if she was a guest. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> anyway, so Paul here is, um, is, is, is imagining what he would do if he could like step into the, uh, theater and take it over. And eventually we learn that he gets talked out of that. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I feel like I, I liked this soundbite because sometimes we like to imagine that we're going to do something and then we don't actually end up doing it. Like we've got these big fanciful ideas. I'm the best at that. Ask my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've got, oh, I'm going to totally. And then just another, whatever. Oh, yeah. 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 That was about it. But. That's all you're going to say about <laughs> I'm listening. Well, it's, so, it's self-incriminating. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm so good at the the good-intentioned. Mm. Um, it's the heart that counts, right? Yeah. You know? Um, and I try to get better at that, but it's usually around projects for me. Mm. That's just a side note. Yeah. And I'm that way. Like, I'm a starter, yeah. right? I'm a starter. Oh, my gosh, it's fantastic. And it is good. Fantastic. Yeah. But then I'm like, I run out of steam or I come against a roadblock. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Who's got the time for this? <laughs> so, I, in fact, I said to Sean not that long ago, I wish there was like a job where I could just start stuff. You know what I mean? And just give it over to someone. Because I feel like I've got really good ideas. If I could just give it to somebody else to finish, uh, that'd be really great. And Sean's like, there is. It's called an entrepreneur. And I'm like, maybe, kind of. But like, you still need someone you, that could. Yeah, you still got to do the other part of right. it. Right. Yeah, you still got to launch it. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just a vision guy. I'm just an idea man. Yes. I am the idea guy. Yeah. I think they call those, what are those called when you come in and. Unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's totally it. I mean, I guess you could be a consultant. And, consultant, and, yes. that is the word I was looking for. Yeah, I was trying to just blend that in so no one noticed yeah. how you didn't know it. <laughs> anyway, but I feel like sometimes I do that too. Like, did you ever do that? Like maybe like when you were younger and you'd imagine how a fight would go. Like you're like, and then I'm going to do this and then yeah. I'm going to do that. And then I'm gonna, I feel like that's kind of what Paul is doing here. And then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to yeah. do that. And then I'm going to do this other thing. And I feel like sometimes we're, uh, we're in a fight uh, in our Jesus journey where there's more action that we're supposed to be taking that we plan out in our heads or we draw out with our intentions, but that we don't actually ever complete. And the things we were talking about this, uh, last week, um, at LC downtown where, um, this, uh, this 88 years that we have 
I say that because my dad just died. He was 88. So, but this 88 years that we have here seems like, oh my gosh, that's a long time. That's super duper long time. But actually like in comparison to every time, nope. In comparison to eternity, like 88 years is nothing. Yeah. But we determine the everything, which lasts forever. We determine that with our 88 years. Yeah. And so in these 88 years, we have to like, we have to be doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And the right thing is, as far as I can tell, again, don't have a Hillsong degree, but as far as I can tell. Okay. So let me just say this right here. I cleaned a lot of toilets. I'm sure you did. A lot of toilets. Yep. Which taught me. And we made it harder because in in Australia, they're upside down. Something. (laughs) It's about toilets Yeah, really wet, dirty. (laughs) No, for the record though, Hillsong, uh, not as glamorous as you would think. Hmm. It's a lot about character. Yeah. It's all about character. It's not a lot about character. I wasn't character. trying to slight oh, no, no, Hillsong. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I've not been to Bible college. No, I think it's a good thing to, to... Hillsong for me wasn't Bible college. Hmm. Hillsong for me was learning about my character and hmm. who Jesus wants me to be. Hmm. That's good. Which I think accelerated my Jesus journey. So if you can put yourself in a position for that, do it. Yeah. Not everyone can go to Australia, though. Or they don't have the talent to go to Hillsong. Did you meet Darlene's Rubin? <laughs> did you meet uh, Actually, I did meet Darlene. Now that I think yeah. of it, yep, I had a class where she came in as a guest speaker. Uh, yeah. Shout to the Lord! <laughs> don't bring that up because that's, you know, that's where I came to faith with those songs, and they mean a lot to me, and uh, we don't do those kind of songs anymore. So, what was I saying? Bible. Right. Bible. As far yes. as I can tell, mm-hmm. our yeah. instructions from Jesus, mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, which was a, which was a, uh, like a reboot. What do they call it? A remix? Is that what it is? <gasps> remix. That's another sound effect. From what's his name? John Paul on Parks and Rec. What was that guy's name? John Ralvia. John Ralvia. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like to me what it said. <laughs> Oh, John Ralphio. That's exactly. <laughs> that's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, that's funny geez. if you watch Parts and Rec. It's not yep. funny if you've not seen it. No. But anyway, a remix. That was Jesus remixing an early scripture, right? Love yep. the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Yep. Love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. which was, I think was his spin on that. Mm-hmm. And then go into the nations and tell people you know, what I've said and the good news, yeah. right? Those are our instructions. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about what we're supposed to be doing here and what we're supposed to be doing in these 88 years, it's that love and love and go. Yeah. And so if you're not doing that, what are you doing with your 88 years? Yeah. Like we're not just, I don't feel like we're just called to just behave ourselves. And I also don't think we're called to just yell. What was I yelling? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. <laughs> Although you kind of were. <laughs> um, I don't think we're called to just yell. So to wrap, like, not wrap it, but like to align it with what we're talking about. So he said to go. He didn't say to shout. He didn't say to give your opinion or your thoughts. Uh, he said to show, which is to love. And it's not to necessarily just be, just be heard. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if Paul in that moment was battling, and this is probably not correct to insert like my own thoughts into the story here for a second, but I wonder if Paul was going, okay, am I doing this to be heard or am I doing this to, Mm. to point people to Jesus and using like our language for a second. Um, and I wonder if it was a bit of God and the Holy spirit saying, Hey, at this moment, we don't have to add to the noise. Mm. You're going to have so many moments through your 88 years to determine some other things. Yeah. Because right now, this is just going to add to the noise. Right. right. It's a little bit kind of off topic, but no, just, I get you. You know, I feel you. A, a thought that a thought that I had as you were talking. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I don't I don't want people to imagine the good that they should be doing for the kingdom or planning it in their minds and then not pursuing it. I don't yeah. think they should just conceptualize of it or fantasize about it. Yeah. You know, you need to go out and do it. And n- not everyone is like a evangelist, right? Yep. I mean, that's a special skill set that not many people have, but everyone can love their neighbor. Yep. Right. And that's as much gospel as a lot of people need. They don't need to know the theology or they don't need to know if they're Arminian or if they're Calvinist and they don't need to know about pre-trib or post-trib or mid-trib. They don't need to know any of that. They just need to be loved as a neighbor and that's enough gospel for them to get the message. Yep. And we're all capable of that. Yep. 
And I think that loving your neighbor can also look like loving your fellow Jesus person mm. by helping them understand their faith more. Because you don't need to know all the the wording, the correct terminology and things like that, but helping your neighbor chew on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Um, I think can be super important, which is why pockets are super important, yep. right? And having people in your life that you can chew on stuff with is super important. And that's, I mean, the disciples had each other, right? Right. I'm sure that they spend a lot of nights drinking wine, eating lamb jerky, and uh. <laughs> it's another sound effect. <laughs> um, and and chewing and discussing on things because like as you go through life, as you go through these 88 years, as you determine all that, it's so important to be connecting and having a relationship with other people, yeah, other lo- Jesus people. Yeah, I love that you talk about this idea of discipleship because this is a big deal. And so, because like you were saying, right, there wasn't Netflix, there weren't sports bars, there weren't, you know, like, there weren't things, there wasn't anything to do, right? And so, like, when... I'm sure, I'm sure there were some things to do. I know, but do. I mean, like, right, but I mean, yeah. it's not like... You anything know, to do in relation to what we do today. Right. Yeah. Like, we can get so distracted by what's available, right? Yeah. But it was like communication then. Like, you got around and you yeah. talked about stuff. Oh, yeah. And when you talk about discipleship, like, when they would go, like, when Paul would go with Silas to another town, yep. like, he didn't get, like into his Honda CRV and drive down there, right? <laughs> if it was like 35 miles away, they walked there yep. and that's a day's walk. Mm-hmm. And so for a whole day, you're walking, Paul and Silas just talking, right? That's discipleship. Yep. Discipleship looks like walking along with someone. It doesn't look like dropping a knowledge bomb and leaving. Yep. It's like this, you live life with them. Mm-hmm. And so this idea, because I, I feel like it's a really cool time for life church. Cause I feel like we spent the last seven years seven and a half yeah seven and a half years like casting nets right like you yep. catching like all kinds of fish right yep. all kinds of fish and now because covid has pulled the rug of sunday morning church from underneath us mm-hmm. we're left with discipleship as a way to pursue our faith yep and then through pockets through you know lc downtown through alpha through small groups through all this mm-hmm. stuff is a way, I mean, discipleship is where it's at. And it's not really a matter of one person's got all the answers and the other person has no answers. There's going to be people that have just the next answer. Yeah. And I think we've been, what's interesting is we've been dropping those seeds since literally day one, right? We've been literally saying from the platform during prayer, we talk about our prayer partners, right? Hey, these aren't special people. These are people who just may be a little further down the line or they face different things than you. Like now we're at a spot where that's everybody. Everybody needs to be in a spot where we go, okay, there's literally people who just maybe a little further down the road who you can align yourself with, or there may be people who you, who you see in your life who are like, yeah, maybe I should have them over, Yep. you know, or, you know, maybe we should watch church and then watch the game, you know, um, Packer game. Right. Um, and if we don't do that, then if we aren't connecting with people regularly and talking about our faith, are we continuing what Jesus has asked us to do? Mm. Or are we kind of just floating along? Right. You know, and I don't want to float along. I want to know Jesus more than I did yesterday. And as pastor Sean says, look a little bit more like Jesus than I did yesterday. And I can't do that if, um, I'm like my compass. I need to have people in my life who can pour into me and go, Hey, Jonathan, maybe you should do this. Yeah. It's relational, right? Yeah. And in both, both in like our t- traditional sense of relational and also in the fact that it's relative, like it's hard yeah. to know where you're at unless you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think about my time in the Navy, right? Not that I mean, like I'm not this in the Navy, not a sound effect. <laughs> anyway, my best friend on the boat, his name was Jared Sherwood. And he was a quartermaster. And so I, uh, and when you're the youngest person, I, we were on a submarine together. And when you're a submarine, the, the, the most junior people are the people that actually do the driving, like with their hands on the wheels. Hunt for Red October. Like I, one of my, fa- one of my actually, favorite movies. Really, actually both that and, 
and the other one Crimson Tide Crimson Tide was so good man Gene Hackman and so Denzel. good so good it is so good <sighs> those movies are great yes they are it's U5, been a while since we had a good submarine movie U571 was pretty good too it was okay it was it was wanting to be yeah. what they were right Nonetheless, yes. the most junior people were the ones that did the driving. There was one of the most senior people would tell them what to do while they're driving, but they would do the driving. And so I would do the driving. My friend Jared was a quartermaster who like mapped out the, you know, the, the course. Mm-hmm. This is a long story. Sorry. I don't know why it got so long. That's I feel great. like you kept interrupting and that's what's made it longer. That's <laughs> what makes this whole podcast longer. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> so anyway, and so I learned that every time you came in, the lookout, you know, on a on a submarine, the lookout would use the periscope, and so that would be the officer of the deck. Not you, the app. I don't know what the app is. Periscope app. Oh, not yeah. the app. I thought you said the yap, and oh, I was like, yep. mm. and so I thought that was like an acronym. <laughs> yeah. The young. Nope. This is why this podcast is the longest podcast we've ever done. Okay. Anyway, so, so the periscope. officer would call out things that he saw in the periscope, right? And so then the quartermaster could say, oh, you see the Point Loma Lighthouse? That means that we're here, right? Or you see, you know, the the aviation light at, you know, Del Mar or whatever, right? So yeah. like, they, then you knew where you were. And then once you got into the channel, and I never knew this until I was in the Navy. In fact, we have these same things in our channel here in Green Bay, where there's like two big um, like metal signs. They're maybe like six feet tall by three feet wide, right? And it's painted red, I think. Um, and there's a white stripe that goes down the middle. And so, but there's another one like 300 yards away. And so you have to get your boat so you're headed so those two things are lined up. And if you stay in that course where those two things are lined up, now you're on the right tr- path because you if you can't go to the side or this side, you got to stay on this course. And so Interesting. you line these things up, and that's how you know you're on course. And so when you talk about how it's all relative or we need discipleship to stay relative, like I need those two big red things so I can line this stuff up because if I'm just on my own and it's cloudy or foggy or dark or whatever, yeah. and I'm just, you know, I've, I can easily lose my way. So when people say, I don't really need church because I, I mean, I know who Jesus is and that, you know, who I am with God is all I need to be and that. Okay. Well maybe. Right. But I mean, not for your walk yeah. for that one moment of salvation. Yeah. That's you and God, but like mm-hmm. your walk, figuring it out, figuring out the years between then and 88, that's when you need these, you know, guides. That's when you need these charts. That's when you need this relative bearing. Yeah. Right. On, on where you're going. Meanwhile, in the theater, chaos and confusion had cascaded through the crowd. Luke, he would dryly describe them by saying, some cried one thing and some another. For the assembly, they were in confusion. Most of them didn't even know why they'd come together. Mm. Man, if that doesn't sound familiar today. I'll start this one off. This is my favorite score that we've done. Oh. Uh, music. The music underneath. It's my favorite score. Say more about that. Um, yeah, it's just a side note. We like to do uh, the music underneath because we feel like it communicates the emotion of the moment so much more and it helps us understand um, so much more. And so maybe people don't know what a score is. Yeah. So like... Uh, like Hans Zimmer, right? Like yep. he does a lot mm-hmm. of movie scores. And yeah, so me like, and Hans were friends. Are you? Yeah, we like the same cheese. I feel like that was like a song in the 90s. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, so like... Um, Hans now, you're an all-star. Great nope, song. That's not it. So <laughs> when the sermon series first started, it was just Sean at his desk yep. talking. Yep. And then somewhere along the way, like yeah. we switched it mm-hmm. to add some B-roll. That's another yep. tech Which term. is like extra footage of the sky and the stars going. So the A-roll is, what, is Sean's face. Yep. B-roll is the side of Sean's yep, the face. The letter B-roll. Right, yep. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so along with that, then you also added this music bed. Yep. And like when you're watching a movie, yep. like you know, you, you might not be aware of the music bed, mm-hmm. but it helps you, it helps guide your emotions. Yep. Like totally. when there's scary music happening, even mm-hmm. though it might not visually be scaring yet, you know, oh my gosh, something's about to happen because the For music's sure. making me feel this way. Exactly. And I think that when I, I like, I'm a musician and so music can definitely like move my emotions. It can move everybody's emotions, but for me, like it really, really communicates things. And so when I hear this, um, I, I I'm lucky enough to actually, for the most part, except for a couple, I'm the one who does the score. And so I get to listen to the message and then I hear the moments that are happening. And then I get to be a part of like laying that groundwork Mm. for what can happen through our emotions. And I think there's 
an amazing connection that specifically happens during this message that's different, um, at least for me. Um, because uh, in the clip you hear in the background during this particular spot, it's almost like Star Wars, like doo-doo-doo, And I literally think of like the moment that's happening. Uh, and I, I'm able to picture the crowd and understand the story better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. I kind of got lost in my thoughts nope. there for a second. I'm but, with you. Um, for me, it helps me understand it, which then in turn helps me to learn. Um, because I understand a moment better that was trying to be communicated to me, um, which I think for our messages right now, we're trying to, uh, tell them, tell these teachings a little differently than we have in the past. And so I hope it's working for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. And so in his point here, I feel like we've talked about this the whole time about how people are just, they just want to be mad, right? (laughs) Or they want to be, we talked about it at downtown last night. People want to be they, it's easy for people to get worked up into a frenzy, yep. right? And when I was driving here to do the podcast, I uh, I live on the other side of town, so I had to take the 172 over, and there was like a bunch of Trump protesters or Trump, I guess, what's the opposite of protesting? I don't know. Encouragers? I don't know. Anyway, there's a bunch of Trump people. On, supporters. Yeah, supporters, yep. right? On the on the overpass at Webster Avenue. I think- Wait, by, on the overpass? Yeah, like on the sidewalk of the overpass on Webster Avenue- so they were like facing the highway, you know, yep. Trump, woo, 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 whatever, right? I think because when I got here, I noticed in my news feed that Joe Biden's in town or like. Oh, so that it was in Manitowoc. So maybe yeah, he's he in flew into Green Bay because yeah. Manitowoc Airport might not be big enough. So, flew, yep. so maybe that was it. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, it just reminds me about this frenzy that we want to get in, right? So like, yep. they're maybe they're not there to make Joe Biden want to vote for Trump. I don't think. No. But they're there to like, <laughs> they're there to whip people up. Won't yeah. people be so mad if we just stood on the overpass with our Trump yeah. signs, right? Because also on my way here, I passed, in my neighborhood, there's a couple of people who have those big giant Trump signs. Yeah. And like someone had like spray painted over them, right? And so, again, like we just want to be in a frenzy. Like We, we just want to be heard. Yeah, okay. We just want to be heard. And the worst way to be heard is to make a lot of noise. Yep. And then in our culture, if you make a lot of noise, you're right. Yeah, I don't want to be that. That's way. sorry. That was a pretty pointed statement. No, but, but I don't want to be off the hook. No. I don't want to be like, like out of control. I don't want to. I don't want to be so mad at someone that has a different opinion than me yeah. that I hate them, or I want to spray paint their signs, or I want to. I want to like thumb my nose at them. You yeah. know, like I don't want. I don't want that. I, and I'm positive, no matter which side, that Jesus wouldn't be like. Mm, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that's right. <laughs> like, that's what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't think we're supposed to be thumbing our noses at anybody. And anyone no. had a right to thumb his nose, but it was Jesus. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be that way. And people, like I feel like people want me to. They always try to coax me into a conversation, whether it's about whether I should be wearing a mask or whether I'm voting for whoever or whether you know Black Lives Matter or whatever. Like I don't want to get caught up in this with you. No. Why are you trying to work me up? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. I'm going to pursue love, love, and go. I'm gonna pr- I'm pursuing that. So if you're going to stop me from that, then we're going to have words. I'll fight with you. Mm-hmm. But, if, I mean, anything short of that, I, I don't need to be convinced of your way. No, and I think in this case, like, what Pastor Sean was talking about is it's, I'm going to say it's so easy to get wrapped up in a crowd. Because you also don't want to be left out of a crowd, mm. you know? So there's this like FOMO that we're also battling, yeah. right? Um, fear of missing out, I think is what yes, it stands for. That's what the kids say. Yeah. You're a little bit old to say that. <laughs> I know it's super old. Uh, well, <laughs> I bet every kid listening to this is like, who is this kid? <laughs> um, but like, I think that there is that fear of missing out or there's that fear of being implicated mm. as well in our culture right now. Of if I'm not part of the crowd, then I must be a part of that crowd. Right. I must be the enemy then. And that's not the case. I feel like kids are calling it FOSO. F- the what's fear FOSO? Of standing out. Is it really? Is that what they're calling it? I don't feel like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, it should be. Because that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's a fear of standing out. Yeah. Right? But I think that if we can... Okay, so if we can stand to the side for a second and go... I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to do the yelling. I'm not going to do the this. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. I'm going to care for people. Um, I'm going to learn how to, uh, you know, 
understand how other people have lived and the hardships that they've had, maybe because of their color of skin or uh, their upbringing or, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live outside of that. That's kind of what Jesus did. Jesus just lived like to the right of everything, mm, not yeah. the right like, or the left or the left. Yep. <laughs> or the center. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like if you say you're something today, that means you hate everything that's not that thing. Yep. And that's so tough because like you can't just like, if you believe in something, you're going to talk about it. Right. And so if you talk about it, it's like no one. mm, Okay. So it's like when we listen and I'm going to put we in meaning me, it's like when we listen we aren't actually listening to what the person has to say. We're actually listening to what we think they're not saying, which means that we value our viewpoint more than theirs. Yep. Yep. We're trying to look at their words through our lens. Yep. And where does it fit? Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to learn you. Yep. I'm trying to learn where you fit in me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's exactly what what it is. (laughs) Man. Yeah. And when I read that, I wonder, what voice are you listening to? Riot or reason? You know, the voice you listen to will produce the place you live. Where are you choosing to live? In panic or in peace? The voice of riot, which is always caused by someone who's either lost something they view as a right or entitlement, liberty or freedom, or someone who's living in defeat, that voice will always cause you to live in panic. And that's exactly where the enemy, who incidentally is someone who's lost everything and is living in eternal defeat, wants you to live. And it's in that space that he's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But on the flip side, when you listen to the voice of reason, you refuse to live in fear that great danger is coming. You refuse to raise your voice or join the rush of the crowd when you don't even really know exactly what all the commotion is about or what the crowd is even saying. And when you refuse to do that, and honestly, only when you refuse to do that, Will you live in peace? Because you'll be wise about what's good, innocent of what's evil, and you'll know that the God of peace, he'll soon crush Satan underneath your feet and that the grace of Jesus, it will be with you. So, so I just got a text. Um, while we were listening to that clip uh, that said my daughter's school is moving online for two weeks. My daughter loves school. It's like, this makes me super sad. Um, and I think it's so easy for me, like literally in that moment to go, and panic. Yep. But like, what voice am I going to listen to in this moment? Um, do I look at this now as an opportunity? Or am I going to look at it as, you know, a fear and a major problem and that's going to cause things to go completely upside down and things like that? And I think what we need to be listening to when we face challenges, when we face moments of panic is exactly what pastor Sean was talking about that voice of reason and that voice of reason is not us. It's the Holy spirit bottom line. Mm -hmm. And as Jesus people, we need to focus on that more than we focus on anything else. And so for me, um, my daughter not being in school, uh, my daughter's going to think it's cool to be on a computer right now because she's five. Right. Um, but I also think she'll think it's cool to be at home. She's five years old. She's fine, right? Um, but when we choose to live in panic, we also change the tone of our relationships with people. We change the tone of our home. And so when Pastor Sean was talking about it even yesterday, I thought to myself, what are the effects of myself when I choose to live in panic versus living in peace? How does that affect people around me? How does that impact 
those around me. And I think it gives me a better picture of understanding like the implications of it all. Oh, I thought you were going to say more words. Sorry, I was Googling. <laughs> You're good. I was Googling stuff. Because I loved what you just said. Because also, I got a text this morning from my wife, who's, uh, boy, she's such a determined and disciplined worker-outer, like six days a week, she's at the gym, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she found out that one of her gym friends yeah. uh, is going in to get tested because she has some symptoms that she's concerned about, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, right? Like, what? Yeah. And then, you know, all, what are the implications? All the implications of it. Right? Right? And then you go into panic mode. Right, panic mode. And I feel like... When we talk about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, right? That's yep. something that I thought maybe there might be like a Jehovah Jireh kind of thing to that. I don't know if there is or not. So that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Because I, I feel there like I'm, I'm more authentic. I forget what it is, but there is. Right? Yep. Like some of them more learned, right? Anyway, uh, he's one of the, he's called a lot of things. One of the things he's called is the Prince of Peace, right? He's, and God is a God of peace. God is not a God of confusion. Not as, God is not a God of frenzy. He's, you know... And so we have to determine, I feel like, you you can stop me if I'm wrong or you can disagree with me, but I feel like the degree to which we allow ourselves into frenzy or panic is in direct and opposite correlation to how much we're informed by God, his word, and his spirit, his friendship, right? Like, I feel like the more panicked and frenzied we get or allow ourselves to get for an extended period of time, not just in a moment, like you just got the text, but like if we sit in that. Yep. We can't possibly be we can't possibly be being informed by God, his word, or his spirit. Because none of those things are of God. Fear is not of God. Mm-hmm. Worry is not of God. Anxiety is not of God. Those are tools of Satan, like when they talked when Sean just talked about walking around yep. like a lion looking to who we can devour. That's how he devours us. Yep. There's no like big boogeyman of Satan. There's no like physical manifestation of Satan where he's like, gonna tear us apart. That's not how Satan works. Satan yep. works at convincing us that something's not right. That something's, sorry. No, you're good. So I'm a firm believer and I've told people this before and I could be wrong, but I believe this. This is what I think. Um, everything that we have comes from God. Every bit of who we are is from God. Every bit of all of that is of our makeup, our DNA, our thought process is from God. Even all Satan does is just twist it a little bit mm-hmm. to be, I mean, even going all the way back to the fruit. If we really look at it, the fruit in itself, not evil. It's the twisting of the act. Right. Right. And then thus we've kind of snowballed from here. Um, so what if, and this is what I believe, what if our emotions and our fear and our anger and our panic are not bad in and of themselves. And if we allow ourselves to go, okay, I'm going to panic for about two seconds here, but I'm going to use that to push me closer to Jesus. Yep. I'm going to use my panic. I'm going to use my anger. I'm going to use my fear to realize how far I am as a, as a Jonathan, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, how far I am from Jesus so that I can move closer to him. Yeah. What if we started changing our narratives, our conversations, all of that to go from, I'm going to use panic as a, this is, I'm going to go, I'll preach it here for a second, but because I'm going to use three words that start with P. Mm. What if we used our panic to propel us to peace? I wonder if that's how God designed it. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean. Actually, it's funny because we talk about that quite a bit in Journey to Wholeness. And I'm not, again, trying to plug all of the things Man, that we Life Church does. Everything. But, <laughs> we got but the in Journey to Wholeness, we talk about that because downtown. we feel like we feel like our our mental capacity, our mental function, like that's that's as much created by God as our ribs, right? Or you know anything else that yep. I mean, God made yeah. our minds. Now I'm hungry. Yeah, for ribs. Not for human ribs, though. No, that's gross. Yeah. So, but he made our minds, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, the beauty of our mind is is the creativity of God. And so, we talk about how our brains are made to work as efficiently as possible. And so, when we find ourselves in a space of panic or when we find ourselves in a, a space of fear, it's because something had happened in the past. So, our brains are like, oh, this is happening. Then this is the result. Boom. Here's the shortcut. Yep. Right? And so, and so, we can use our anger and our fear, right, to propel yep. us towards peace, right? There's, there's righteous anger. There's things that we're supposed to be upset about. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, well, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Go ahead. What if, 
And I've never thought about this before this way, but as you were talking, it triggered something in me. What if instead of approaching some of the hot topics right now that are cultural items, we, we use them as propellants to connect people to Jesus, right? So um, let's use the example of, oh, my, uh, my pick didn't get elected for president. Well, now I can use this as an opportunity to actually reach more people and more friends. You know, I can use this as a discussion item. You know, I can use this as an example. And rather than going out and saying, not my president, I'm going to say, you know what? That may not be my president, but I still believe the things that I do. Right. And I'd love to still talk with you about them. How much would that change the narrative of our country? Seriously. Yep. How much? I think those kind of attitudes would change our country more than a single president ever could. Yep, I agree. You know, like, I, I mean, like the dude, uh, anyway, but you're right. And so, but I feel like, you know, we need to, we need to, we talked about this last night at downtown. We have to not be- Another in, plug. Another plug. Uh, where, listen, we meet every Sunday at six o'clock uh, downtown at Gather on Broadway. It's at 139 North Broadway across from Pete's Garage and uh, next to Kavarna. And so we get together and we have dinner together. We eat and enjoy each other's company. Um, and then we watch the message uh, together and then we discuss the message. Like we use those same discussion questions and dig deeper. It's such a great live community and we, yeah. we stay socially responsible. Like the tables are distanced and we don't have a ton of seats at every table and masks are required. And I mean, it's like, it's a thing, but like if you're, if you're pining to be in front of someone for a second, uh, then let me just encourage you to try Life Church downtown again. And last night Sundays. we we rocked out with lasers and we did have lasers and smoke. smoke. Yeah, we had it's lasers true. and smoke. It's funny because while after the thing was over, I saw one of the smoke machines, yeah. and I was gonna like grab it and hide it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's this ongoing joke we have here at staff that I. <laughs> Whenever I'm trying to illustrate how people might start looking at church sometimes, and we all do it, where we look at church as a as a form of entertainment more than as a form of something, and so I'll always illustrate that. Yep, lasers and smoke. Lasers and smoke machines, right? <laughs> and so, anyway, that's the running joke. Which well, neither of those are accurate descriptions of what we do. <laughs> right, but there are, like, really bright lights and a fog machine. What's it called? A vapor machine? What's it called? It's a vape. <laughs> it's, we, we vape. <laughs> No, um, it's a hazer. Oh, a hazer, yeah. yeah. So that's different than a smoke machine somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, make well, Jonathan tell you the difference in a second. Well, it's water-based, so it doesn't mess you up or anything. I see. Yeah, back in the 80s, probably 70s, they used to use oil-based. I see. Which caused some problems. Right. Still a smoke machine. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? We have to be informed. Informed yeah. by the right things. Yeah. Informed by the, the company of saints, right? Like be informed with a group of people that love you and love Jesus. Be informed yeah. by time spent in the scripture. Be informed by listening to worship. Be informed by time spent in prayer or meditation. Be informed by the time you spent in yourself, like in your gut with the friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be informed by that. And if you're informed in a, in a different way than somebody else is, talk about it. Yes. Tell me what makes you feel that way. Not tell me what makes you feel that way. There's a different thing. Yeah. Tell me, tell me like how you got there. Yeah. Right. That's an honest question where you, and if you need to honestly be willing to want to learn. That puts ourselves in a very humble position. Yes. Which is what Jesus, even being the best teacher ever still did. Right. Yeah. Even like Pilate, he's like, are you the king of the Jews? Right. And Jesus like, you say so, right? Or don't, isn't that what yep. you're saying? Or mm-hmm. like, he always is like to spin it back. Oh yeah. He was such a clever, clever, He's clever, such fellow. a cleaver. Nope. Not a cleaver. <laughs> anyway, stay informed by the good stuff. This is it. I'm out of time now. Actually, hey, that I'm should not, be your new tagline. I'm, hey, stay informed about, by the good stuff. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not out of time. I'm just out of patience with Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was great having you. So uh, Jonathan's last actually time. a last, a last minute add in one of our friends who was going to do the podcast today, uh, uh, had some COVID issues. And so we're praying for her family, uh, pray for her too. She's fantastic, but I'm glad that you came in. Cause I really like being around you. Oh, it's a lot of so, fun. Uh, we should actually have our own podcast show where we talk about other stuff. Or we just listen. Oh, we're what if we listen to each other at the same time? <laughs> we just go, and that's it for our show. <laughs>
Just kidding. Anyway, I'm glad you guys could be here for uh, this episode of Chew on That. If you enjoyed it, uh, boy, we'd love it if you would share that with your friends. Um, you're also welcome to subscribe to Chew on That in all of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we have a new episode each and every week, and we love you as part of our family. Uh, speaking of that, um, this podcast uh, that we do, we do several of them actually. And they're all, I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, fancy or boastful, but they're all really, really worth listening to. And so uh, it was a pivot that we made um, when COVID struck and we weren't able to spend as much time together in person as we had before. And so podcasts were one way that we wanted to make sure that we were staying connected uh, and giving you resources uh, of connection and information and knowledge and inspiration. And so if you appreciate our podcast, please visit uh, www.lifechurchgreenbay.com slash giving, give, uh, money, support, I don't know, slash something. Find a way to give to Life Church. Lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give. Give, right. Yeah. So these podcasts take a little bit to put together. And so if you could help us uh, underwrite the cost of that, we'd really appreciate it. I'm not going all Oral Roberts where I'm going to tell you I'm going to lose my house if you don't give. But if you can give, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Didn't Oral Roberts do that? I don't remember that. Yeah, I think he did. I think he said, I'm going to lose my house if you all don't give. I don't know how to do an open. How terrible would that be? It was. It was. It was oh, I'm sure man. it was a really big house. Well, or you still a thing, though, isn't it? Oral Roberts University? Yeah. It's still a place where yeah. people go. Oh, well, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And they have a basketball team or something. Oh, where are you? Yeah, or are you? Yep. I almost went to Evangel and played football. Really? I did. I did. I don't know what happened. Ended up joining the Navy instead. In the Navy. Nope, that's not how it goes. <laughs> I also want to tell you one other thing. One thing I thought of, I'm almost done. I told you I would be, we'd be over. But when you were talking about how like, it's easy for us to get off course, yeah. and even just by one click, it can yeah. be way off. And that was something that, going back to a Navy analogy, oh, yeah. like-, like if, Trajectory. If it, right, trajectory. Right? Yeah. So if my guy tells me, you know, set your heading at, you know, three, four, five, right? And I don't set it at three, four, five. If I set it at three, four, six, but I'm at three, four, six for an hour, I'm way off course, mm -hmm. even though it was one click, right? It's yeah. one click off. And so that happens in our lives where we can get one click off. Like, I'm just going to not do this, mm -hmm. right? I can't be in church on a Sunday, so I'm just going to not do that. And so I'm going to be one click off. And you're like, that's no big deal. It's one click. It's no big deal. I still believe in Jesus. Right. I'm still going to be connected. It's no big deal. I'm yeah. going to go one click off for a year, <laughs> Right? Six months, three months. Yeah. How far are you in three months off course if you were just one click off? And maybe take that and like spend a good like 30 seconds after this podcast and just think about it. Pray on it. Yeah. And go, where am I a bit off? Yeah. One click. Yeah. And, or have a discussion with somebody that is super close to you and go, hey, these past six months have just been a little different than we've all been. Do you see something in me that yeah. like... I need to maybe just adjust a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How hard is that to do, but can be so helpful for us? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, that's it. Now for sure we're done. I'm listening. I'm listening. Anyway, Jonathan, thanks for coming. I hope you come thanks back again. Thanks for having me. You guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.